Welcome to the Mostly Soccer Podcast. Today is Tuesday, January 19th, an early episode at 4.31 p.m. Arp. My name is Michael J. Dalo, and today I'm here with Jimmy. Jimmy what today? Jimmy vaccinated. Jimmy vaccinated. Were you there last week? No, was I, no, we didn't do one last week. Oh. That's, that's why. True. I don't think we've been on it. I think I was Jimmy New Year or whatever I was. I don't think I got to share that I am vaccinated. I have given the, been given the first dose. <laughs> You're the test subject. Yeah. Maybe I was last. I'm trying to remember. Maybe you this is memory. Been. Maybe memory loss. Vaccine. Yeah. Don't, you can't remember. <laughs> Don't start spreading lies <laughs> a, a half a minute into the podcast. We, we're not here to discredit no, the vaccine. Please, no, no, please. <laughs> no. Jimmy, you're you're green. You look I'm, green. You're Mike sick. I, I'm, I'm going to turn into the Incredible Hulk when I get the second <laughs> vaccine. It'll make me grow some hair, so I'll take it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I could use that. I'm trying to grow out this little beard here. Well, I, I got that. The beard yeah. part I got covered. <laughs> if only we could share. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jimmy vaccine. Okay, you got your vaccine. I'm still not vaccinated, probably because I am the least important person on the planet and I and haven't also, left my house. Don't leave your house. No. We haven't even done the podcast together in months. I know. I know. It's just It's just shitty because everyone has COVID and then... It's like you meet with someone for two days and they're like, oh, my uncle's nephew has COVID and I saw him three weeks ago, so I might have it. And then, yeah. I don't know, just trying to avoid to life. Worry. After February 9th, I'll be double dosed and you can yeah. trust me. I know. I know. I need to get a vaccine. I got to weasel my way into one. <laughs> um, but anyways, Jimmy, we have uh, a fun episode. We're watching Lester and Chelsea as we speak. So if we... Uh, end up screaming randomly throughout the podcast you'll know why yeah and uh we got to talk frank lambert's fired yes oh <laughs> we, we have to talk about frank uh but we'll get there we have some twitter questions we have some transfer news and then we're going to run through a few of the teams uh throughout the table and of course we're going to talk frank lampard and some other managers that are on the hot seat mm-hmm. uh but jimmy do you have anything you want to talk about before we get going with the transfers <sighs> Do I have anything non-soccer related I want to talk about? I'm trying to think. I don't think, honestly, I've been re-watching the Marvel movies, I can tell you. I've decided to do a full Marvel rewatch, And I, I want to say, if anybody hasn't watched them or if you have, I highly recommend it. Just a lot of fun. Just a lot of fun. We need some, like, you know, like something, something you can enjoy, COVID safe, stay in. Blow through the Marvel movies. I'm enjoying it a lot. You don't blow through Marvel movies. You painstakingly watch three-hour films. Well, they, they they are long. They are long. I, I would agree with you with that. But, I mean, the earlier ones are more like two-hour films. Uh, but I, I've enjoyed it. I, I, I really have. Because, I mean, I think I've seen, I've seen all of them, but I've never seen a lot of them more than once. So it's, yeah. been, a, it's been a fun little thing to do. Yeah. My little adventure. Brooke and I have been watching... I've been like passively watching Shit's Creek with her. Mm -hmm. Have you seen it? I haven't. I've heard it's good. I have I, not watched it though. She loves it. I think it's good. I, have you I watched hear Ted that... Lasso yet? No, I have I, to. I'm, I've been rewatching Ted Lasso, which has been amazing. So highly also recommend that, which I think I've said on here like numerous times. And then it's I'm also. I know. And then I'm rewatching Succession with Brooke. I have not seen that. You haven't seen Succession? No. Oh, you'll love it. That's your next show. I have so many shows, though, I need to watch. I know. I, it's just, I mean, we got the time. It's the winter. It's the time to do it. So <laughs> That's true. All right. But anyways, Jimmy, let's start off with some transfer news. I know you had some quick hits, and then I have yep. a, a sentimental moment for the podcast. <laughs> well, I, I, want, I think, one, I want to talk about AC Milan, who I think we have a question about later. Having hell of a year so far, and they've just got some added firepower. Mandzukic brought in which i love um and also tamori brought in from chelsea with the understanding is that there's going to be about a 30 million option to buy he's on loan now uh as we mentioned we're watching chelsea chelsea who have been struggling big time lately continue to give up goals i do not understand 
how they allowed it to be an option to buy in this in this transfer. I I just don't get it. A loan I totally get. Like loaning him to AC Milan who are competing for the Serie A title is awesome. But you're gonna lose him. Like I can't unless unless he goes there and he doesn't play. I can't see any way if he plays even just moderately well for thirty million for a young defender who if he's performing moderately well, you you you're, you're gonna buy him. I, I just think he's gone at this point. I guess thirty mil seems kind of high for Tamori. He's very young. I know, but he's not quite polished. I'd agree uh, with that. I mean, think about this: if Chelsea sold him for thirty million in the summer, they could potentially get Upamecano for forty-five million. That's his buyout. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if again, give if he's given playing time, I wouldn't be surprised if Tamori is looked at at a similar level, given. If he can get the polish off, because just last year, and Tamori's younger than him, just last year we were looking at Opa Meccano and everyone was saying, the talent's all there, but he's very unpolished. was exactly what they were saying for him. And what a difference a year's made. So I, I just, I, I, I'm surprised there's an option to buy there. For a team that is struggling to have defenders too. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Christensen, Rudiger, constant issues, Zuma. None of them make you think these guys are the answer here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just don't get it. I, I don't understand. It. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that sentiment, but I, I don't think they're going to pull the trigger on 30 million. If, if six months of playing time goes extremely well, then yes, but I don't, I don't know. 30 million just seems really high to me, but we'll Center see. Center backs are expensive. I know. Center, we'll it's see. very hard to get a good center back. Um, in addition to that, we saw Dembele go to Atletico Madrid to fill the role vacated by Diego Costa, which I think is an upgrade, a big upgrade. I know he hasn't had the best year this year. I think he's in a broken arm right now. He's going to be out for a few more weeks. Um, but we've seen what he can do in the French League. He's someone who's always been like moderately impressive when you watch him. Not a star in any way, but just a, a good, solid player, which you know, Atletico Madrid making their title push. I think he's a perfect addition to the team. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. We we both like Dembele. Uh, but Diego Costa is just... They need to add him to that AC Milan bunch. Ibrahimovic, <laughs> Mandzukic, Diego Costa. Just be the Rough Rider gang. The Rough Rider. <laughs> <laughs> just stop barking like DMX when that yeah. team pulls up. <laughs> um, and then uh, one of the big ones, which we, won't really impact anyone until the summer... But Real Madrid have reached an agreement with David Alaba to join. He fulfills his lifelong dream of playing for Real Madrid. Um, turned down offers from, I think, Liverpool, Manchester City, um, numerous teams. Juventus, I think, possibly as well. A lot of teams were in on him. And in the end, he goes to Real Madrid. Yeah. Yep, I think that's a great signing. I don't think anyone's going to shake their head at that. And I mean, they got him for free, didn't they? Or they're going to be getting him for free? Correct. Yep, it's at yeah. the end of his contract. Yeah, I, I mean that's a steal. Um, must be nice to have the the pull of Real Madrid to just be able to get a player like that for free uh, at the end of their contract. But uh, that's exciting. I mean, seeing him uh, not in a Bayern shirt is going to be a little bit odd. But mm -hmm. Real Madrid isn't uh, quite a step down, so I'm excited for yeah. that one. Yeah, I mean, a very talented player can play multiple positions play left back and play center back, play in midfield, just real talent. Yep. And I think we need to talk about the big one. The, the big one that's uh, <laughs> affected me personally is the official yet unofficial departure of Mesut Ozil. He's been tweeting about it. Fenerbahce have been tweeting about it. And Arsenal are the only folks that haven't confirmed or denied <laughs> that Mesut Ozil's gone. I mean, Aubameyang has posted a goodbye picture. Everyone's fighting over the number 10 shirt at Arsenal. Um, so Mesut Ozil, Jimmy, I mean, I feel like Mesut Ozil is, I mean, he's always a part of the podcast because I am an Arsenal fan and we debated, debated Mesut Ozil, I think, a weekly at the beginning of this podcast. For a long time. He was a he was a hot topic as well as I think every single podcast, right. radio show, TV show on the planet. Right. We we weren't unique in talking about Mesut Ozil, um, but what I want to say about Mesut Ozil is you know that he has long been one of my favorite players 
in the world. Was my favorite player on Arsenal for a very long time. Um, a player that I enjoyed watching. Uh, I don't really know who I've enjoyed watching more than Mesut Ozil when they're at their peak. Um, a big part of my Arsenal fandom. Mesut Ozil has uh, fallen out of favor these past few years, but I just want to say he will be missed. Uh, his wages won't be missed. I'm <laughs> sad to see him go, but long overdue. Uh, and I'll miss him. I, I'll never forget watching him play the style that he plays. You just don't see many players like him anymore. Yep. Yeah, no, I think it's accurate. I mean, I think Ozil's an interesting character. Obviously, I've had my opinions. I've stated multiple times on him for a while now. But peak Ozil, the the Real Madrid, the early Arsenal days... Or was just a, an absolute force on the field in a very unique way, like you said. Yeah. Um, just an ability to find passes that just very few players, players in the world could find. Had the ability to pop up for a goal when you needed him. He, he, he was a very, he was a superstar. He truly was yeah. a superstar. I think he hasn't been that in a long time. No. But we'll see what he can do now as he moves to a new chapter. Yeah. The, the thing I want to just say about Mesut Ozil is, he introduced me to a, a different style of player where just I know people complain about his body language and I've been one of them yeah. for the past year or so. Um, but it's just the the elegance, the finesse that you can play with and be ultra successful. Mm -hmm. I just honestly don't know of any player, even in the Premier League, that works like that anymore. And I don't know if it's because that's a dying breed or the game doesn't really suit it right now, but. It just, it just yeah. elegant. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's a different style. Um, I, I think he, I, I think of another, another former Arsenal player too. Is another similar type of player is kind of Cesc Fabregas in a way, mm. but that just, it, it's a silky type of play. It's, um, it's not aggressive. It's not as, um, English. English. No, <laughs> not even English. Yeah, that too. But like, even when you look at like the. The best, you know, you think attacking midfielders, passers in the league, the ones that are there now, it's a different style. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne is a very different type of player than even Pete Mesut Ozil. Yeah. It's a different style completely. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, equally effective if you look back to the Pete Ozil days or around similar level. Um, but they uh, just different style. So, yeah, different player. Some one I don't think we're going to see much of. Like you said, in the way the game is played now, I don't know how many players are going to succeed kind of doing that. Yeah. Yep. But uh, all of this to say, he will be missed. And uh, Mesut Ozil will forever be in Arsenal fans' hearts, no matter how much crap we've given him over <laughs> the past few years. So best of luck in Turkey. Uh, but, Jimmy, were there any other transfers that you wanted to hit on quickly before we move to Twitter questions? Um, I, I, I mean, I think we got a lot of the big ones that are done. I'm interested to see what happens with the the kind of moving parts of Deli Ali possibly going to PSG, mm. Christian Eriksen possibly coming back to Tottenham. Uh, I, I find those both very interesting, and I, I do want to see what happens there. I would say it looks like Eric Garcia will probably be joining Barcelona in the summer for free. I, I don't really understand why City didn't just let him leave this summer when they had a decent fee available there. He, he's he's been injured and dealt with COVID, but with the way John Stones is playing now, um, I, I don't see any way he's ever going to see the pitch for City really this season, outside of maybe the occasional cup. So I just don't understand why he's still on the team when he clearly wants to move on and they have the ability to get some money for him. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Uh, but anyways, Jimmy, let's get going with the Twitter questions because we have a few. Do you want to start with the non-Twitter questions, actually? Because I know we had a few from a friend of ours. Yeah, yeah, I'll start that. I'll read those. So okay. we got two We got two questions from our friend ASIP who asks, I'm going to start with this one because with the game on right now, it feels very apt. Um, are Leicester being overlooked as title contenders, and do you guys think they can win the league? I feel like we answer this Every kind of frequently. Get asked. And <laughs> because... at some point... That may be answer the question for you. If we keep having to be asked a question, that may give you the answer. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, right now they look like it. They're beating up on Chelsea. I mean, they've dominated them pretty much all game. Um, James Madison being back, you can't understate how important James Madison is to this team. 
Uh, the only thing with Leicester, and we say it all the time, is they're, they're a Jamie Vardy injury away from being a mid-table team. Yeah. And they can't replace that level of player, those goals. So if Jamie Vardy's healthy, then yeah, I think they're legitimate title contenders. But if he's not, if he's even out for two weeks, I think they, they drop two weeks of points. Yeah. I, so I have like weird feelings on that. Are they top four contenders? Absolutely. I think you could convince me even saying like, yeah, they're going to make top four now. I, I, I almost want to say that, but I don't at the same time. Uh, the reason I, I hesitate, and I think every week I say it, is like 1 to 11, Leicester is pretty much as good as anybody. They really are. Their starting 11 is fantastic yeah. across the board. But the issue is, Outside of maybe one or two players on the bench, the rest of their benches leaves much to be desired. And a couple injuries in this team will will happen just like what happened last year where we saw them fall out of the top four completely. Uh, the loss of Madison last year, the loss of Pereira, the loss of ended up being through suspension at the time of Soinichu, and, and they were out. So I, I look at it again and just think that I just don't believe they're title contenders. I'll be happy to be wrong about it. I, I think in the end, the cream will rise to the top. And I think Lesser are just outside of that cream. All right. All right. Uh, I mean, currently they sit top of the table, uh, 38 points. They've played 19 matches, though, which is a few more, at least one more than Manchester United. I think two more than City right now. So yep. we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think they're... I think they're title contenders. I think top four is is definitely uh, in their grasp. It, it's Absolutely. theirs to lose. Definitely theirs to lose at the very least. Uh, and then do you want to hit on that other question? Yes. So the other question actually takes us outside of the Premier League, uh, brings us over to Italy, which says uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is killing it at Milan. She is. I think 12 goals in eight games, pretty sure. Um and they're bringing in Manzukic, which we talked about. Can AC Milan win Serie A? Or are Juve going to do what they usually do, which is eventually win the league and piss everybody off? Uh, I mean, it seems inevitable that Juventus will win the league and piss everyone <laughs> off, right? It, it it does. And that's kind of my feelings on it. But I do want to say, right now, Juventus are not in a good spot. They lost 2-0 no. at the weekend to Inter Milan. Uh, 17 game played, 33 points, 10 back of AC Milan. Granted, to have played one extra game, but that still puts them seven points clear right now. Halfway through. I hope we see a new winner of Syria. I, I want to see Pirlo succeed as the manager at Juventus, and it's really hard not to succeed there as the manager. But, uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Milan win or Inter. Uh, I think that would be... A nice change of pace. So, who knows? I think, I think it's a true title race there, though. I think all three of those teams could win. I think Juventus will kick on. Uh, they just need Weston McKinney to come back from his injury. They can't win <laughs> without him, clearly. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think Juventus will find it. This is kind of what they do every year. They falter at the beginning of the year and then kind of kick it up. Kind of same thing that Bayern usually do. So I think they will perform better in the second half of the season. But I think both Milans have a real shot to do this. Yeah. I mean, I didn't realize how far back Juventus were from top of the table. So, I mean, if I was looking at this from a Premier League perspective and Juventus were, I don't know, uh, Chelsea and Milan were, I don't know, Leicester City, I'd, I wouldn't think that Chelsea would be able to catch them right now. But Juventus is just a, a different breed over there. And they always seem to find a way. So we'll see. I'm uh, I'm not convinced that Ibrahimovic and Mandzukic is going to be the, the dream duo that Milan need to carry them to a title. So I don't know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. I mean, you can't, you can't discredit how well Ibrahimovic oh, has performed. It, it's I, truly insane. It is. And... Uh, like we said earlier, it's just going to be the Rough Rider crew over there. Him and Mandzukic. That's a mean duo. Mean and tall. But uh, let's move on. Let's go to our friend J.D. Siegley, who asked us, with almost half the season gone now, do either of you have any, any changes to your predictions for which clubs will finish in the top four? So this is the fun thing, Michael. So I did the research. <laughs> I went back. 
I listen to us talk about our top four. And I have to say, don't love mine. <laughs> really don't love yours. Well, I know who um, I picked to finish first. Yeah, really don't intense. love yours. So let me read you. Um, I want you to guess. Who do, right. who, what do you think our top fours look like? I think mine was Arsenal 1. Yep, that's accurate. City 2. Yep. Liverpool 3. Yep. Chelsea 4. That's spot on. That is yours yeah. to the T. Yep. Um, and then do you want to guess mine? Yeah, I'll guess that you put City on top. Mm-hmm. Liverpool next. Mm-hmm. Chelsea third. Mm-hmm. Uh, United fourth. I have Arsenal fourth. Ah. So I, um, Chelsea and Arsenal clearly have been the, <laughs> the flaw in our uh, top fours. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I will say. I want you to try to defend your Arsenal pick, first of all, because I actually took, wrote down a quote <laughs> you said when you did it. Um, but I, um, I want to say, when I look at this, I've said, I've been, at least I've been consistent. All season I've said, City and Liverpool eventually will pull away. I said that, well, we won't really pull away. I've said it's going to be very close, but in the end, they are the best two teams, and it will come down to them. And I am still supremely confident that's what will happen at the end. I feel so good about City right now. I want to talk a little later, but I, I'm this is the best I felt about them all season. Yeah, I mean, City, City look like the... Uh the favorite right now i mean i think they are the bookmakers favorite at the mm-hmm. current moment um like i said they got the game in hand they're flying right now they're scoring goals again so i mean i i guess city would be my front runner right now too liverpool don't convince me i i don't know what it is i'm just not convinced by them this year i know a ton of injuries virgil van dyke is an essential piece uh maybe that won them the title uh, and he's out for the season i don't I don't know if I'm I'm even really thinking of them to be that hard of challengers. Like I know it sounds stupid to say that Liverpool aren't going to be right there contending, but I think City might win the league by six points. I mean that's a that's a close title race, yeah. but it's not super close. Like two games, I don't think it's going to come right down to the wire. Uh, I think it's going to be tight though. But then again, I'm also not convinced with City. I'm really in a mental pretzel about who's going (laughs) to win the league this year, who's going to finish top four. I hope it's Leicester and Southampton and Aston Villa (laughs) at the top four. That's my my hope. Well, here's what I'll say. Um, I think a lot has obviously been made about Van Dyke being out. But Liverpool's biggest problems have not been at the back. It's been their inability to score goals. Yeah. It, It really has. Like They've been solid defensively. But they've had, uh, I mean, they've had seven draws this season because they haven't been able to get as many goals as we're accustomed to seeing them get. And that's really been the story of it, which was a story for City at the beginning of the season, which they've looked like they've kind of started to rectify, which is impressive considering they still haven't, like with all City's, you know, recent run of form, they still haven't had Aguero. They Mm. still don't have him yet. Um, He's kind of back and come on as subs for like five, ten minutes a game and now has been out with COVID. Not that he had at the close contact for a while now. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's really interesting. Um, Chelsea, I think, have disappointed both of us. I think we both expected so much more from them. I don't think we ever thought they were title contenders, but I just think we thought... I mean, I didn't expect them to be, you know, nine points back, uh, sitting in eighth right now. Yeah. Like, I, I just didn't expect that, especially considering they've played, you know, a couple more games than some of the other teams. Um, I really did not expect that. I thought they would be better. I think the new signings have all been rather disappointing. Uh, yeah. With the exception of Mendy and Thiago Silva have actually been the best, too, I think. Mm. Um, specifically Mendy. I think Mendy's been good. Um, it's okay. I, I think it's okay. It, it's it's okay. Maybe it's just the fact that Keppel was so bad, it makes him look better than he actually is. Me, you know what I'll say about Mendy? And just even watching this game for, I don't know, the yeah. half that I've watched it, he's wiry when he has the ball. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't trust him yeah. to do the right thing. Like, he put the ball a little bit too far in front of him a few minutes ago. Yeah. And he yeah. had to, like, do a wind sprint to it with someone chasing him. 
he just makes me nervous. I think he's a very good shot stop stopper though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which is an upgrade regardless. Yeah, either way, a big upgrade over Kepa. Yeah. Um, but Arsenal, I think we both were really sold on them coming into the year. You literally said, I want to quote you on this. You said, "I've it's kind of become a joke every year that I pick them to win the league. <laughs> this year, I kind of believe it." That was your exact word. Well, listen, I, I wasn't wrong in saying that I didn't think anyone this year would be a runaway title contender. We both said that. Yeah. Um, everyone has been bad this year. Let's lay the cards out on the table. Everyone's been bad. Mm-hmm. Arsenal Everybody's have been had a bad run. Arsenal have yeah. been exceptionally bad. <laughs> Arsenal were coming off an incredible FA Cup run where they beat City, they beat Liverpool, they had beaten Liverpool again in the Community Shield. Uh, so so the spirit was high around Arsenal. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think I need to defend myself because, <laughs> because I make a fool of myself uh, week in and week out on this podcast. So I won't be saving any face. But I don't know. I, I still feel like Leicester could win it. And that would have seemed crazy at the beginning of this year, too. So if there was ever a year that a team could have snuck away with the title, that would have been different from the City or the Liverpool. It's this year. It still is. And that's why I said those things at the beginning of the year. And because Mikel Arteta's arsenal was built different back in August. <laughs> it was built different? <laughs> we were built different. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think, I, I think we get a little ahead of ourselves with Arsenal. Never. I do want to say, though, that they look fantastic over the last five games. Yeah, I mean, fantastic is a little bit much. Uh, <laughs> Compared to what they look like. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It, then no. The Crystal Palace game aside, not so much in that one. And yes, they've looked very, very good since then. But uh, we're, we're going to get to them. I think our top four predictions were. I, I mean, you, you never know. They could still come to fruition, but they were naive. naive. Maybe maybe mine more so than yours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was always going to be that because no matter what, I was picking ours. So. It was from the heart. <laughs> and I'll do it again next year, too. So don't worry about it. Uh, and then we got a question from Rhode Island Foxes. He said, do you guys believe that this season could have a similar ending to the 2011-2012, the year that City won in the last minute? Uh, also, as a general thought, what are your thoughts on the most leagues being very competitive this season? I enjoy it a lot. Okay. So I think we kind of answered the first part of this. Do we think it's going to be a super close title race? I think it will be close. I think it will be at least six points or so. I, I see. I think it's going to be closer. I, I just think it's going to be really close. And and I think this kind of ties into the second question. I just think with the amount of fixtures, the injuries that come from that, with COVID and people missing games, it's just set up for a lot more competitiveness because teams are not at full strength. They can't practice like they usually would. Um they have, like I said, so many fixtures that you're going to have to kind of prioritize certain players for certain matches. I just think it's going to be really close. Do I think it necessarily is going to come down to the last kick of the season? No. I don't know about that. But, I mean, I would love for us to go into the last match day with the possibility of multiple people winning the league again. We saw it just two years ago with the City and City game and Liverpool games and how that went, especially with City going down to Brighton. Yeah. You remember, um, it, it was very exciting. So I, I really do hope we get that. Uh, I think we could. I really do think we could. Yeah, Glenn Murray almost did it for the Liverpool yes. fans. <laughs> king Glenn Murray, what a king! I wonder what he's up to right now. <laughs> not scoring goals last time. Yeah, I checked. not scoring goals like for Watford. Um, yeah, uh, like I said, six points ish is where I'm thinking. And as far as most leagues being very competitive, uh. I think it's fantastic. I mean, we were just talking about uh, AC Milan and Inter Milan potentially winning Serie A for the first time in a very long time. Uh, I know La Liga, Atletico Madrid was on top the last time I checked Mm -hmm. over there. We have Leicester City on top of the Premier League as it currently stands. Uh, So I think it's fantastic. I I think a league like Serie A is benefiting from this uh, equilibrium uh, a lot. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. I mean, I I think it's just 
it, it's fun to see competitive leagues. It, it's fun to see it. I, I hope it stays that way. Um, I, I will say I don't think we're going to see a competitive Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. I, I think Bayern are going to pull away. They're up four points, I think, now looking at it. I, I think they're going to pull away like they always tend to do. But, I mean, if you look at La Liga, Atletico Madrid, 41 points with two less matches played than Real Madrid in second and Barcelona in third. Um, they win those two matches. They're, they're 10 points clear, which is insane. Um, and I, I, I'm excited to see the La Liga race this year for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I, I think both of our thoughts are we enjoy it a lot as well. Uh, and hopefully it continues to be like this where any team has a chance or a big majority of teams win. I mean, if you seriously look at the Premier League, like Arsenal making top four still isn't crazy. With the yep. absolutely horrific period that they had, it's really not crazy that they make top four. Um, Agreed. So anything's possible. I mean, I think Aston Villa have four games in hand and they're sitting in what, like 11th? So yep. if they won all those games, they could be... Yep pushing top four as well. So uh, I like that the league is much more competitive uh, than it has been in previous years. Uh, And then we have a question from our friend Gavin. And he said, who has been your standout player of the season so far? And why is it James Justin? That's a good shout. Yeah, that is a very good shout. But it's not my answer, Michael. And I think you may have the same answer as me. So I want to hear yours. I mean, I was trying to think of someone that isn't Bakayo Saka. But it's Bakayo Saka. That, that's a very good one. That's not who I was thinking. I want to see if you can think mm. of the player who I'm thinking is. <laughs> Someone who, anytime I've seen him play, I've been so impressed with him. Has had a knack scoring clutch goals. Big. Clutch. I'll use big goals. And big is a key word in this guy, when you're talking about this guy. Big goals. Big. A tall player. Yeah. Ashley Barnes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Carroll, no. Uh, a big player. Can you give me another hint? I will give you a hint. He is a midfielder, and he plays in the... Oh, 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 uh, Suchek. <laughs> Thomas Soychek. Yeah. Thomas Soychek. That's my guy. Fantastic. I have been so impressed with him this season. Yep, I told you, he's a stud. Literally, anytime I see West Ham play, he does something in the game, and I'm like, wow, this guy is a fantastic player. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's my answer. That's a that's a very good answer. I mean, you people who listen to this podcast know that we've been riding the Bakayo Saka train for yeah. some time now. Um, I won't say of the season, the the breakout or standout player. Uh, I'll say breakout for the past few weeks has been Emil Smith Rowe for Arsenal. Uh, mm-hmm. pff, stunning. Uh, take take notes, Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but by the way, though, if you ask who my player of the season is, yeah. It's, it's for me, not close, not close at all. And I'm going to be a homer and say, by a mile, Ruben Diaz is the player of the season. He has turned City's defense to what was, quite frankly, a joke. It wasn't bad. Like, statistically, it was never bad. But everybody ripped into City's defense. It was Mendy sliding all over the place. It was John Stones panicking. He has just calmed everything down. He is just, he's a, he's a brick wall. I, I, he's, he's amazing. He's, That's a good so shout. Good. That's a good shout. Yeah, I mean, Suchek is a really, really good answer. I mean, Mikel Antonio, when he was healthy, and now he's back, and he mm-hmm. already scored again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a problem. James Justin is a, a fantastic shout from Gavin. Um, yeah, I don't know. That That's a really tough one, but I the first person that comes to my mind is Saka because a 19-year-old being the best player far and away for Arsenal Football Club, uh, that's a standout player of the season for me, regardless of how this season has gone so far. Uh, yeah, I, I find it hard not to agree with you. I mean, I texted you yesterday and just said, he's so far and away their best player. Yeah, and I've been <laughs> saying it for a long time that a 19-year-old is dominating Arsenal. Um but anyways, Jimmy, let's uh, actually start talking about some of the different teams. We're not going to get to hit all of them. Do you want to start with the good or the bad first? I'll let's just stop. give you those two options. Let's go bad. Let's stop bad. Glutton let's for punishment. talk Chelsea Football Club. Just oh, lost 2-0 to Leicester. We watched it. Timo Werner stinks. Just watched him play. Stinks. Mendy 
Uh, I said it earlier. He's been okay, but he stinks too. Uh, Kai Havertz stinks. Zayich didn't. I mean, he just subbed on, and so it's unfair. But he didn't do anything. Chelsea are bad. It's Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard deserves to be fired. True or false? True or false? True or false? True. True. Ooh. Love it. I mean, (laughs) like, it's just bad. It's bad. It's really bad. And it's he's tried every different thing at this point. He's switched it up, changed it up. It's not working. It's really bad. Um, I mean, I know they, I know they beat Fulham, um, but barely, barely, barely. barely yeah, exactly. Uh, just not good. Really bad. <laughs> you got to do something. I think he really has to go. And also, Kai Havertz. Timo Werner gets a lot of the stick. Kai Havertz is way worse than Timo Werner. At least Timo Werner has scored some goals. Whether it be against like literally guys who are dentists during the day <laughs> in their regular jobs, but at least he scored some. Kai Havertz has been damn near useless the entire year. Yeah. It cost more than Timo Werner. Mm. Um, the thing is though, I like like watching Timo Werner play. He's always involved. He just can't score right now. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen him miss some bad chances. Oh, he's missed uh, some real bad ones. And not not particularly today, but I, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, the couple a, weeks ago. Yeah, the yeah. Fulham game, I think too. He actually missed a really bad one. Exactly. I don't know if it's Frank. I don't know if it's these players. But the issue is, you spend 200 million on some of the best attacking talent in the world in the off season. You gotta be in a better spot than eighth right now. There's mm-hmm. no excuse. At least with Arsenal and Mikel Arteta. I know we've spent some money ourselves, uh, Gabrielle and Thomas Party, But it, it, I don't really think it's the same ballpark when you think about Chelsea uh, compared to Arsenal. I'm just trying to compare two teams who are in very poor table positions. Yeah. Yeah, they just... it's Like I said, it's been bad. It's been really, really bad. Um, and I, I just don't see what the solution he he has. So at some point, it just sucks that in a way, I don't feel like it's necessarily his fault, but the the way you change a team like that and try to make changes, you bring in a new manager. That's your option. You're not going to ship out all the players you just bought. <laughs> I just can't help but think someone like Thomas Tuchel would be a better fit for Chelsea right now than Frank Lampard. Yeah. Because yeah. if I'm being honest, I don't know what Frank Lampard's style is. Do you? I mean, Frank Lampard. (laughs) I mean, there's no clear direction that I see, at least in every Chelsea game that I watch uh, about what they're trying to really do. Like, uh, at least with someone like Ole, you can who we criticize quite a bit, or at least I do um, or have in the past. You can see what they try and do. They try and play on the counter and and smash it up sometimes. But with Frank, I just don't see a style particularly. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. It it really is odd, and I know I keep saying that, but that's how I look at it. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. There's too much talent on that team for it to not click. Granted, as we said, you know, some players who we may not rate as high as others, but they're still good players. Um, and it, it's just not working. Something needs to be done. There's only so many weeks we can keep coming on here after another Chelsea mm-hmm. loss before, like, you know, at some point something has to happen. Yeah. Uh. Right now, 29 points. And the thing is, they started pretty well. So it's not like they, you know, that it's the season doesn't look as bad as it possibly could look if you go based off of the last, you know, five, six matches. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea went from title contenders to two points above Arsenal, who were relegation contenders. So uh, just to put it in perspective, um, I do think it would be a good thing if Frank Lampard got the sack. And I think, uh, I don't know. I wonder if. I don't know if less losing to Leicester is sackable. I think it's going to be coming soon, though. I think before the end of the year. We'll see. We'll I see. Think, I, I, I don't know. I'm thinking a more deserving manager, though, for the sack. And this is the really bad, is Newcastle. <laughs> Steve Bruce. We don't know how you're not fired yet already. Uh, the Newcastle fans loathe. Steve Bruce. They entirely loathe Steve Bruce. He's still in a job. 
Granted, they are uh, they have 19 points on the season, which is seven above the relegation zone. So from the outside looking in, you say, eh, not not terrible for Newcastle. They just want to stay afloat. But Jimmy, aren't Newcastle better than just staying afloat? Yeah, I think. I think they might be. But either way, if it continues the way it's going right now, there's no guarantee they're staying afloat. I mean, yeah. they, they lost to Sheffield. <laughs> the only team to do it. Like, they, they found a way. We thought it couldn't be done. They found a way to lose to Sheffield. Um, and they've just been just putrid. The thing with Newcastle is I look at that team and I see a lot of players that I rate. Uh, I mean, their whole defensive line is a solid, primarily tested and proven defensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think, uh, maybe aside from the kid Kraft, who I've seen play a few times now, there's any really big problem zones there. Their midfield is lame. Uh, but you, lame. It, That's just the way to describe it. It's just a lame <laughs> midfield. No real uh, excitement there. John Joe Shelby. Um, and then they have Callum Wilson up front and then they have Andy Carroll who seeing him play Arsenal twice in the past two weeks, Andy Carroll can be useful. They're not doing anything exciting. They play very, very boring. Uh, they're not giving Callum Wilson or Andy Carroll any chances to do anything. Newcastle fans hate Steve Bruce. I don't know what more you would need to see as an owner or executive at Newcastle to say, get rid of this guy. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing is, I mean, before last season, if you remember, no one was looking forward to Steve Bruce no, managing I... Castle. And he surprised a lot of people. And they performed a lot better than expected. Most people thought they were going down. And he he surpassed that. And that was a great accomplishment. And I think he's still kind of riding on that. And I, <sighs> I just am shocked by it. Um, I mean, the... There's two teams, and I don't know, I'm sure we'll probably talk about them too. But when I look at Newcastle and I look at Wolves right now, like these are concerning runs of form. Like it's getting to the level where it's starting to be like the the, the alarm bells are ringing. Yeah. And for Newcastle in particular, which don't have the talent that Wolves had, I I I am I, I think they got to make a change. We just said Chelsea got to make a change. These guys really got to make a change. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess the counter. To this change, though, for Newcastle fans, is your uh, a game away from being two games away from being top half of the table? It's just the nature of this season, though. I think that's not because Steve Bruce has done a decent job. I think it's just the nature of the season is that everyone has been pretty poor. So if you yep. can string together a run of a few wins, you can move up the table quite yep. a bit. Well, and I want to point out, like Fulham have two games in hand. Uh, one really one in hand on Newcastle, I should say. If they win that, that's on 15. That only puts you four points clear of relegation. Yeah. Like, you're getting to the point. You keep this losing streak going, you're going to be right there with them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I were a, a Newcastle executive, a Newcastle fan, it's time to go. I, I just don't know how you see the sentiment. I know Twitter and social media isn't a good gauge of what you should think about your club if you're running a club because it's super reactionary. But Newcastle fans legitimately hate Steve Bruce. Like, it, it's just not a good fit, and I think it needs to be changed, and any Newcastle fan would, would back me here. But um, I don't think they're really in a relegation battle, if I'm being totally honest. I know they're kind of close. They lost to Sheffield, which means you can lose to anyone, but I don't think they're going to be relegated. We'll see. I, I'm, get, I'm getting worried. I'm just saying it's getting to that point. It's, you got to get a little worried. Yeah, and I guess uh, you hit on my other my other bad, which was Wolves. <laughs> uh, Wolves have had a, a, quite a bad run of form recently. They lost to West Brom. Uh, they'd drawn Brighton, uh, lost to Everton, lost to United. Uh, what's the problem with Wolves, Jimmy? Lost just to Burnley. Not... Oh, yeah, that's not in my last five games. But uh, is it just a lack of depth with that team? Is it Raul Jimenez it's, not it's, being there? It's that. It's it's the you're seeing how important Raul Jimenez was to this team, yeah. Because Wolves were not a team that scored a bunch of goals, and you took away a striker who did exactly that. Yeah, you scored so many for them last season. Um, I I mean, just not having him there is crazy. And I and I don't fault Wolves for going the route of buying a young 
potential star striker in the way that they did. But when you when you rely on that being your backup, you you don't expect obviously the freak injury that happens to Jimenez. Right. But when Jimenez goes down, now your your kind of luxury purchase that Silva was mm. becomes like your guy you're counting on to get goals. And I, I know he scored, I think, against I think he scored in the uh West Brom game, if I'm correct. Not sure. But you 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 just you're asking a lot at this point from him. Um, you're asking a lot from the other attacking players in this team to be able to get goals. And I, I'm not I'm not worried about Wolves in a sense of relegation. He did score in that game, by the way. Not worried about them in that sense. But uh, I think this is going to be a really down year for Wolves. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense because they overachieved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm not concerned about Wolves. I think, like you said, it's Jimenez. Uh, I think their bench is a little bit weak. I think Triore is not having uh, one of the most incredible years uh, of his career right now. I think he's having a very down year. So we'll see where they finish. I think top half of the table is is going to be a challenge this year. There's just so many good teams. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, you you add losing Jimenez when you already go into the season losing Diogo Jota. Yeah. So it it's just it's just a combination of your best two best two goal scorers from last season being gone from the team is just challenging. Yep. Um, and let's just try and blow through these next few teams that we have to talk about because I just noticed we're going pretty long today. Uh, but let's talk about Leeds, a team that we really love watching. Bad run of form lately. Uh, they were knocked out of the FA Cup by a League Two side. Yep. Uh, Bielsa Ball has taken a lot of criticism over the past few weeks. Not concerned about Leeds at all going down. I think the thing with Leeds, uh, at least that I've seen on Twitter, is that they hate seeing Bielsa be criticized. They hate losing. So I I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think Bielsa's going anywhere. But... The pundits all make it seem like it's his fault when Leeds yeah. lose. But when they win, it's like, oh, Bielsa Ball, the greatest thing on the planet. Oh. Well, I can tell you, here, here's a couple of things I would say. Well, one, I think Leeds have been really hit by the fact that they don't have what I think would be their first two cent- starting center backs healthy. Um, so they've had to kind of get creative. We've seen Phillips play there. We've seen, and I know I really can't pronounce his name well, Eiling play there as well. Eiling, Eiling, which is taking him out of his fullback position, which is you know kind of part of their strength is kind of having him bomb down the field. Um, they spent a lot of money on Urente, the center back, and not had him healthy pretty much all year yet to be able to play. Um, and I think the reason they're annoyed about the criticism and why I think Bielsa gets criticized in this way is the same thing we saw with Guardiola's first season in England, which was. Any chance they had to criticize him because of the way he plays, because it's not the way they historically want to play in England, any chance they had to attack Pep, they did. They're going to do the same thing with Bielsa, and they're going to have more chances because he doesn't have the financial muscle and talent around him that Guardiola had. So it's no surprise that the English media is doing this. This is what they do. Um, When they have someone who's a star and well-respected and thought of so highly, any chance to break them down, they're going to take it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a a fair, fair analysis. I mean, Leeds are still fun to watch, even if they're losing three nil. One thing I do want to say about Leeds, which I saw on Twitter uh, that I thought was interesting, at least is how much man defense Leeds play. (laughs) Have you seen this? Like in the midfield, they're literally just man. They're playing man for man. And so what Brighton did was they were just like, they were moving so much in the midfield that they were dragging. Uh, I forget who it was. Uh, it might have been Calvin Phillips or Luke Ayling. Uh, honestly, I don't know. Uh, but they were just dragging them across the field back and forth, and it actually led to a goal. Um, so interesting that uh, maybe teams are going to start to break down leads a little bit more. But we'll see. I, I have a lot of faith in leads that they'll come good and, and finish probably around the range that they are now. Uh, but Jimmy, let's, uh, I mean, we got to talk Arsenal and then I just want to hit city United and I don't really know who else Liverpool, I guess we have to talk 
Liverpool and United. We should just talk that game in general. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. You want to do that first? Yeah, I'll say this. I knew it was going to be a nil-nil because it's always <laughs> a fucking nil-nil between those two. Neither team wants to lose, uh, and it's just boring. I hate when these two play. I hate when it's billed to be this giant Premier League clash of the Giants, and then it turns out nil-nil. It's terrible for the sport, uh, and it's just terrible. It's just a bad match to watch. I, I hate that it's blown up so much, and it's always bad. <laughs> so it is. We both said this was a nil-nil. Well, I think yep. we were we we talked literally that day before the game saying it's going to be a nil-nil. I tweeted it. it. Yep, you did, and <sighs> it was. Um, I will say, United had two very good chances to win this yep. game. Allison coming up very big on the save against Fernandez, and then Pogba not really having the best shot. Allison a good save, but not the best shot from Pogba, right? Di- literally directly at yeah. him. Um, but. Uh, I mean, it's just what it is. It's kind of what we're seeing from Liverpool this season. Again, inability to score goals. Not the Liverpool we're used to seeing for the last few years. Um, Just, and again, you know, injuries have their part in that. Um, I think, you know, I don't think they, I think they're actually kind of having exactly the issue City faced last season, which is you're taking their very important defensive-minded uh, yet can cover the whole pitch midfielder in Fabinho and sticking him at center back, just like City did last season with Fernandinho. And while that player may be doing a good job covering that role, they're just missed in the midfield because there can't be two of him. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, they've, they've got Thiago in now. And I mean, I know every Liverpool fan in the world is, oh, he's the best central midfielder in the world, which all of a sudden he's the best. I mean, the guy went from perennially underrated his entire time at Bayern to all of a sudden the best in the world overnight, which is crazy. Um, But it is what it is. Um, He's he's just a bald Gundogan. But but, uh, I I just think, again, I think Liverpool is still a great team. I I think a nil-nil is not the worst result, honestly, for either of these teams. Um, I think for United, it was big not losing for them. Um, it keeps them, you know, it kept them first prior to Leicester winning this game. But again, Leicester played an extra match. Uh, United have been so much better than I've expected them to be. I kind of want to talk about them more defensively. Yeah. They've been really good, which is surprising to me. Uh, they've been able to just have that knack for getting goals. Um, I I just... I really have been impressed with them. They did not look good in the cup against City, where City kind of just walked all over them and kind of sleepwalked to a 2 0 win. But um, I, I just have been really impressed. I mean, the difference Bruno Fernandez has made for this team is crazy. Um, I will say, like, a lot of what he does is in set pieces, free kicks, penalties. penalties. It really is. Like, not to be like, but it is a lot of his stats come from those plays. But in the end, I mean, Pogba's looked much better. The defenses look good. David De Gea looks back to himself this season. Maybe not quite the level he once was, but he's at least not having the mistakes that we were seeing right. last season. Um, I think, you know, having the extra pressure from Dean Henderson being there has probably helped. Um, but I've been just really impressed with them. I, I really have. I want to give credit where credit is due. I am no longer la- laughing. <laughs> Something something about United, though, it just I don't believe it's real. Like, I don't believe that this this is a great run of form credit where credit is due. The wins aren't that convincing, though. And and, I mean, this draw against Liverpool, which is what we're talking about. uh, That's what more could you ask for away at Anfield? Yep. Uh, I I know they had chances to win. Like you said, Allison came up big, but you got to be very happy with the draw. And Ole will be ecstatic with that, I would think. But like that game against Burnley, Burnley easily could have stole points from them. Uh, I mean, they they beat Villa by a goal a few weeks ago. It, it's just the wins aren't convincing enough for me. Granted, champions grind out victories, uh, games that they could easily lose and they end up winning them. It's just something about the United team. I don't think it's going to keep up. Uh, and I know my maybe anti-United bias is showing here. 
but there's just something about this team I don't believe is is legitimate. I I think I agree with you with that. I don't want to say I don't want to go as far as I don't think it's legitimate. I just I think again, as the season prolongs as it goes on, they will hit a dip of form at some point. We've seen it time and time again. I'm not convinced they're over that. Yeah, I agree. I I mean I could easily see them getting points taken off them at Fulham in this next game that they play. So yeah, I wouldn't go that far, but. Um, <laughs> Both have been good. No, they've been good these past few they've games. They've been Jamie. better. They've, they've been, been a lot better. They've been good. I, I want to go out on a limb and say I've been bashing Fulham this entire year. Fulham have been good like the past three, four weeks. I do want to say, too, at, speaking of Fulham, Anthony Robinson, outside of his stupid red card, was yeah. excellent in the game against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. He was really good before that red card. Um, But, oh, two, we didn't talk about it. Hoppy, the American sensation, our new superstar from Schalke. Four goals in two games. Uh-huh. I love it. Yep. Uh, 19 years old. Stud. Just had to throw that in here randomly while I thought Side of it. Sidetrack. Yeah. Sidetrack. Uh, but yeah, United. I mean, it's your title to lose, I guess. But I don't think it really is. Uh, we've talked enough about Liverpool. I think United we covered. Let's talk about City, Jimmy. City are now the title favorites. They're back, Michael. <laughs> They're back. As They're- predicted. As predicted, they their demise was vastly overrated. Um, it, I can tell you, if you went back a month from now, that one-one draw with West Brom, I was I was furious. But I even then I said to you, I'm not giving up. They will find a way to score goals, and for once, they actually look good defensively. City are the best defensive team in the league, and they're finding ways to score goals. Joao Cancelo is. Come good. Ilkay Gundogan, who gets a lot of shit, has always gotten a lot of shit from everyone, including me. Yeah, has, you. I, I, I just said including me. I know. Um, has been so good this season. Like he looks like like Dortmund good Gundogan. Like he he's incredible this season. Raheem Sterling scored an insane free kick after putting a penalty beyond the moon. He put that penalty on Jupiter last week. Um. If he can start getting back in rhythm, Phil Foden leading the team in goals on the season eight. Um, I just, I, I'm excited again. John Stones has been a revelation. I, I'm just actually really excited about watching City again. It's not the dull, boring slog that it was at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah, City have come good. I mean, like you said, Gundogan, Gundogan. He has been he has been (laughs) (laughs) He has been fantastic this year. Ruben Diaz. Uh you get Raheem Sterling scoring goals and and Phil Foden leading the charge. The city are gonna be fine. We talked about them being the title favorites uh a few times this podcast. I'm I'm on that boat now. Uh City are just when they're at the top of their game, uh, they're so hard to beat and they have people still out. Uh, so they're scary. I'm scared of city. I think that's the, the real big match will be when city and United play in the league and that's coming up. Not that far away. It is. Yeah. It's in, uh, I want to say it's in early February. I'll tell you right now the date. Uh, actually I might've been a month off. (laughs) It's early March. Excuse me. It's March 6th, but they play Liverpool early February. That's what I was thinking. Which also is a very big yeah. match. City get a nice run. They have a tough match against Villa tomorrow, but then they get West Brom, Sheffield, and Burnley after that. So they get over that Villa game. They kind of spread their wings a little bit over the next few. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they could run away a little bit at the top of the table. You never know. Uh, but anyways, Jimmy, let's uh, let's hit Arsenal, and then maybe we we get to predictions. What do you think? Yeah, I think we've been a bit long, so let's let's I know. do it. All right. Uh, I'll just say about Arsenal, past five matches, kept a clean sheet and all, so Arsenal Football Club might have something to say about the best defensive team <laughs> in the league. Um, I actually wonder who has given up the least amount of goals this year. Uh, I can probably tell you. Yeah, maybe while I'm, I'm going on about Arsenal, I, I wonder what that stat is because Arsenal... I'm going to bet it's City, and it is. City is have it? given up 13 uh, second least is Aston Villa on 16, but they've only played 15 yeah. matches. So actually second least is Tottenham, really, with 17. Oh, interesting. 
Um, Arsenal yeah. have only given up 19. Sorry to cut you off. But. Yeah, two extra games too. Yeah. So uh, they've been they've been great over the past five matches, like you said. Um, granted, they've played Newcastle twice. They've played Crystal Palace, which they looked pretty bad in. Uh, West Brom and Brighton. Uh, we've had kind of an easy run of games. Uh, I just want to say Emil Smith Rowe, a revelation. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, really looking like he could be Arsenal's new number 10. Uh, just what a wonderful, wonderful player to watch. I mean, I, I had seen Smith Rowe a few years back, it feels like. Maybe it was just a year. Um, but like playing in like a left wing, left back position. And I think in the center of the field, he's really, really found his form. And uh, one thing I'll say about Smith Rowe is the way he moves and passes the ball so quickly. I don't think, aside from him absolutely destroying uh, a Newcastle defender yesterday for his assist, he really almost never takes more than one or two touches of the ball before mm-hmm. he gets rid of it. And he just is so quick and he moves so perfectly. Um, I think he's going to be a special player. There are just some players you can tell, like Saka is already such a superstar, and mm-hmm. Smith Rowe already looks like he's going to be uh, that level of player. So fingers crossed, he looks great. Granite Jaka has been phenomenal. Uh, I don't know how much you've seen of him, Jimmy, but he has been an absolute house in the midfield. He, I've seen a bit. He's been very good. This is like the Granite Jaka story. Just this is, is it. The, this is what it is. It's when he's good, he's excellent. Yeah. It's just how long can he keep that going is always the question. The, <laughs> the thing about Jaka is it's so bizarre, and I know I've said this before. He the way Arsenal are playing, he goes that way. So if they're having a great run of form, he's phenomenal. But if they're having a bad run of form, he's by far the worst player on the field. It, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Uh, Rob Holding has been fantastic. Uh, aside from him missing a few passes every game. Cedric filled in for Hector Bellerin yesterday. It looked really good. Uh, Thomas Party being back on the field is what a boost. Thomas Party is a superstar of a player. Um, just in the few moments I've seen him play, he, he got an assist yesterday. He's so smart. He's quick, powerful on the ball. Uh, can't wait to see more of him. And Aubameyang scoring is always, always making me happy. He got a brace <laughs> yesterday. Uh Still struggling to find his feet, I think, a little bit. But scored a very nice goal against Newcastle yesterday and uh, and a pretty easy one. Saka, I mean, a lot of positives for Arsenal. I just, I could go on and on, but I am encouraged for the first time in a long time with what I'm seeing from them. They're playing with a little more positivity. I've seen a little too many crosses over the past two matches. Um but they're a team that I think is going to continue on. I don't think that bad run of form was what they're going to be this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they look so much better over the last few. I think playing Smith Rowe has made such a difference, which is crazy, yeah. but it really has. Um, and just they have a lot to overcome based on how they had started, but they've they're getting there. This is a team, again, I think I want to temper expectations back to like what we did when they were struggling. It's going to take time. Give Arteta time. Don't get ahead of yourselves now that you're looking good like they shouldn't have when they were looking bad. Take it easy. It will get there. Give patience to the team. Enjoy the good matches. Don't get too upset over the bad ones. Let it play out. Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. Um, but I just love watching them when I forgot how enjoyable that they can be when they're playing well so uh i have been in enjoying that immensely but anyways jimmy let's get into the predictions we're running super long today for some reason uh and let's start with your boys manchester city tomorrow versus villa so this is i think this is actually a really tough match i i think villa really really good um but i i think city's run of form has been great so i'm gonna predict a victory I'm going to go with a 2-1 City win. Really hard-fought one. I'll follow you on 2-1. I think Villa are good enough to give them a good run for their money. Fulham versus United. I I know you think Fulham have been playing well, but I'm not going to go off of United yet. 2-0 United. 1-1. It's a draw at Craven Cottage. Uh, And then we have Liverpool versus Burnley. 
Liverpool have been struggling to score. Um, I wanted to pick a draw here, but I can't do it. I'm going to just go 1-0 Liverpool. I'll go 2-0 Liverpool. Uh, and then we have a run of FA Cup matches, actually, over the weekend. Which yeah, we won't, Villa uh, play. Villa's the only one playing this weekend to make up their playing? game. They're playing Newcastle. Oh, 3-1 Villa. Um, 3-1? Villa, yeah. Do you think this is the Steve Bruce nail in the coffin game? I mean, in the last two games should have been that, and they <laughs> haven't been, so... So I'm going to go 2-0 Villa, but yeah, I, I think this could be the end of Steve. Yeah. Um, how far do we want to go now that I know that uh, there are no matches? The next set of matches of the 26th, I feel like we'll be back. I mean, it's a Tuesday. Do you want to do those? They're midweek next week games. It's up to mm. you. You know, we've gone long. Let's skip it. Okay. Yeah, I think All that's right. fair. All right. I think that's fair. I think we've talked enough at this yeah. point. All right, Jimmy. Well, before we go, do you want to hit him with the plugs? Yes, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Soccer Mostly. That's where you can drop us questions like the ones we answered at the beginning of this show. You can also email us, them, mostlysoccershow at gmail.com as I'm starting clearly to get tired of talking as my words are running together. But um, also, as we always say, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts are really helpful to us, so really appreciate that. If you're listening to the show, if you could please do that, we'd really appreciate it. And uh, as always, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back next time. Bye-bye.